everybody. Welcome back to the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. This is episode 15. Thank you so much for joining me this week. Before we get started, if you like this podcast and you find it helpful to you in any way, please like, please subscribe, leave a positive review, and share it on your social media. It really does help me. This week's episode, we're going to talk about the top three mixing mistakes that I hear when students send me their mixes for mixing critiques. The top three things that I hear. This is part one. Next week, we're going to do three more things, but we're going to talk about the top three things this week. So get yourself a pad, a pencil, or a pen, a cold drink, sit down, relax, and let's talk about mixing mistakes right here on the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Okay, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy.com podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 15. So this week, we're going to talk about the top three mixing mistakes that I tend to hear when people send me their mixes for review. I listen to lots of mixes every single month, not only through homerecordingmadeeasy.com and the YouTube channel, but also mixingmadeeasy.net, the membership mixing training website. You can check out all that stuff in the show notes below. There are links there. Yes, there are. So let's talk about the three problems that I tend to hear the most. Problem number one, got yourself your pad and your pen. You ready to write it down? Okay. Three things you ought to look at before you send out your mix to a client, to your bandmates, to someone like me. Look at these things first or listen for these things first. Problem area number one, too much bottom end. The mixes don't translate and is usually due to a poorly treated mixing environment. We talk about this all the time on the podcast. It's in in just about every other episode um, where we talk about mixing. When we talk about mixing, the number one thing you have to consider is your mixing environment. Acoustic treatment, we talk about low end, that means the proper amount of bass trapping that you need to have to be able to hear accurately what's coming out of your speakers into your room, and so you can make good EQ decisions and compression decisions, but mostly EQ decisions, okay? Super, super important. You have to get that together. Your acoustic treatment is your number one enemy, When it comes to bottom end, a lot of times I hear mixes in the low end just isn't right. Sometimes it's way too boomy. Sometimes you can't even hear the bottom end, but more times than not, it's way too much. And that's because the bass in your mixing environment, you're having frequency cancellations. So the bass, the music comes out of your speakers or if you have a subwoofer, this, this problem is multiplied by 10 where the bit you're cranking up the, the, the volume in your room, the bass frequencies are coming out, it's coming out of the speakers, it's hitting the walls and it's they're bouncing into each other and they're canceling each other out. So you crank up the bass in your mix because you don't feel like there is enough low end in your mix, whether it's bass, kick drum, so on and so forth. And that's because you have a lot of frequency cancellations on the low end. And then when you bring that mix to a different environment where you send it to me and I listen to it in a control room that's been, been acoustically treated properly, I have to take all the bass out, sometimes 10, 12, 15 dB at 60 to 100 hertz. Okay, so acoustic treatment is the problem or lack thereof or a lack of a proper acoustic treatment. When we talk about low end, the kind of acoustic treatment you need to deal with is bass trapping. If you're in a typical square room, 10 by 10, 12 by 12 spare room in your house or in your basement, which is how most of us are in the home studio environment, that's what our environment kind of looks like. You want to make sure in the four corners of the room, especially if you have a small room, that you have bass trapping from floor to ceiling, if at all possible. 
decent quality base trapping. Now you can make your own base trapping if you're on a budget. There's many videos on YouTube showing you how to do that or you can purchase something already made from places like sweetwater.com. Links will be in the description box below by companies by Oralex or Prime Acoustic. Companies like Oralex through sweetwater.com will um, do a free room analysis for you. You send them a little sketch of your room, you show them where your desk is set up and your speakers are set up and they will tell you, this is where you need to put your acoustic treatment. Here's the kind of bass traps that you need to accurately tune your room to the best of its ability. This will help you with too much low end, okay? You gotta get that together. You gotta get your acoustic treatment together, okay? If the low end isn't translating outside of your studio, it's because the room, the room, is not set up right from an acoustic treat acoustic treatment standpoint. So that's problem area number one. Okay, problem problem area number two that I hear a lot of. There's really little to no dynamic range in the final mix, mix and this is usually due to over compressing. Okay, over compression is one of the main things that I hear from someone who's relatively new to mixing or someone who's only been mixing for a short period of time and they don't have a handle on compression. Okay, and the reason why it's such a hard thing for a newbie to mixing to wrap their head around is because compression is hard to hear when you don't know how to listen for it. And the only way you can really hear compression super audibly um, to someone that's new is you have to over compress so they can hear it before and after and you can hear a, a wild difference audibly. But compression needs to be done in a much more subtle way. And if you don't know how to listen for compression, you don't know what to listen for, you're going to overcompress. And when you overcompress, you've now squashed all of the dynamic range out of your track. What is dynamic range if you're new to this podcast? Dynamic range is the difference between the softest levels or audio levels of a signal and the highest, right? So you have a really soft, quiet passage like this. And then you have a really soft, quiet passage like this. Whisper to loud, the difference from one from one extreme to the other, that's dynamic range. And we use compression to control dynamic range. We do other things with compression, but in its basic form, we control the dynamic range to make a more even performance so it sounds more pleasant to the listener. But you can over-compress. You don't want to get rid of all the dynamic range. You don't want people talking at the same monotone volume just like this and nothing ever changes and it's the same old volume and my voice never gets quiet and never gets louder, right? You don't want to talk like that. We talk with different, uh, you know, different volumes of our voice, different inflections in our voice, and we have that dynamic range in our normal speaking voice and music is the same way. So compression is the number one thing that people overdo because they can't hear it unless they overdo it. And that's totally fine. And all of us, including good old Uncle Dave here, went through the same thing when you first started. We all had this problem, okay? And it takes time to learn it. How do you learn how to hear compression? It's the number one thing that you need to learn. It's probably the most challenging thing when you're new. So you need to get some training. We have some training at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. And if you stay till the end of the podcast, I'm going to give you something that'll allow you to get a real, a real good discount on some of the compression courses that I have. Compression Made Easy is the number one thing I would tell you to pick up. We also have other compression courses, but that would be the first one. Stay till the end of the podcast and learn how you can get a discount on that. So we don't want to squash all the dynamic range out of the music. We need to compress, but we need to be... Um, 
We need to be conservative with our compression. Most of the time, there is a time and a place to overcompress. But in general, you want to have a track, a song, in the end, when you're done mixing and you export it out of your DAW, you want it to have some dynamic range. You want it to kind of live and breathe. You don't want it to be super loud all the time from start to finish, okay? That's problem area number two. And problem area number three is something that I call poor vocal placement. It's difficult to be objective on how loud a vocal should be if you're mixing your own music especially. It is easy to forget that you know all the lyrics to the song, but others will not, and you need to make sure they can hear all of them. So if you're a musician who writes, records, and mixes your own music, and if you're the singer especially, if you're the singer who wrote all the lyrics and sang all the songs, you know the words by heart, but the listener doesn't know the words at all. And you want to make sure that we could hear all of the lyrics, especially at the end of phrases, which is usually a common problem. And we also need to make sure that the vocal's loud enough so everybody can hear it, okay? So you need to make sure that the vocal is sitting on top of the mix, but not too much. If you are making, if you are mixing a song for a client, let's say, then I would always suggest you do two or three mixes where the vocal's at a different level. Okay, so they can choose because it is kind of a subjective thing. But what happens sometimes if you're the home recording musician and if you're especially you're the singer, usually what happens is you mix the vocals too low. They're self-conscious about their own voice. They can hear every little imperfection, even though the final listener may not. And they lower to two in the pocket, as we call it. And therefore, we can't hear all the words and the vocal is buried. Most popular music that has a lead vocal in it, the vocal's the most important instrument, meaning it should be the thing that we hear the most of. And we need to be able to hear all the words. And we use compression as a way to do that, among other things. That's why compression is so important. Not only so you don't um, over, you know, compress the entire track like we talked about in a problem area number two, but also so we could hear all the words and hear all the lyrics, okay? So knowing where to put the vocal in a mix, how loud to make it, how quiet to make it, how to compress it, how to automate it, which is another way that we make sure that we hear all of the lyrics. We Yes, we compress it to help even out the performance and bring those real quiet parts up to a level where we can actually discern them and hear them. But then we also use automation to make sure that when a vocal is kind of, uh, you know, dynamically all over the place that we can push up the fader and pull down the fader. And again, there's videos on my YouTube channel on how to do that, but those are all techniques we use, but not knowing where to put the vocal is always a problem. And a lot of times if the vocal's way too screaming loud, it distracts the listener from the instrumentation, especially if it's way too loud and it's not properly compressed. Then you have certain phrases and certain words that poke out of the mix too much, and it's like hitting yourself in the ear with an ice pick. It can be very, very harsh. Okay, so there's all little things that you do to make sure that number one, the vocal sounds pleasing, number two, the vocal's sitting at the right level, and number three, it's not distracting the listener from other instrumentation as well, and number four, to make sure we can hear all the words so we can hear and they can get into the story of the lyrics and of the song. 
Okay, so that's the problem area number three. So be careful with your vocals. If you're someone that mix for clients, like I said, you may wanna do a couple of mixes where you have the vocal a little touch louder than you normally would and a little touch quieter because the client may have, not may, will have an opinion on that and you gotta give the client what they want. So sometimes if you can kind of, you know, head off the pass by giving them a couple of options, that is always good. And the, another way to really make sure the vocal's in the right spot is using reference tracks when you mix. And we've talked about that in other podcast episodes. You can check that out. But using reference tracks is a way to know, well, how, lo how loud should the vocal really be? If you listen, if you're doing a country track, for example, modern country, and you reference a bunch of modern country songs, female, male vocals, whatever, you could kind of tell, well, where should the vocal kind of sit from a volume perspective? And you can gauge your volume of your lead vocal. But if you have a vocal track, putting the vocals in the right place is very, very important. And that's typically problem area number three. So in review, too much bottom end, not, no, you don't have the right acoustic treatment. So the bottom end doesn't translate. Problem area number two, there's no dynamic range because we're over compressing. And problem area number three is that the vocal isn't sitting in the right spot and there's places where you can't hear the vocal and we need to be able to hear that. So I hope those three tips are helpful. Next week we'll come back and we'll talk about the next three things or next three problem areas that I hear. This was part one, there will be a part two. Now I mentioned some of the courses that can help you with some of this training. EQ made easy, compression made easy especially. So I wanna help you if you don't have these courses, you can go out to homerecordingmadeeasy.com. All the links are in the description box below in the show notes. You can use the coupon code PODCAST30. PODCAST30 will give you 30% off any one of the training courses on the website. So if you do not have Compression Made Easy and you're new to mixing, you should get that. If you don't have EQ Made Easy and you're new to mixing, you should get that as well. Okay, those are the two basic or most fundamental things you need to wrap your head around and you get your skills up on before you can really make professional sounding mixes is EQ and compression, but we're talking a little bit about compression. And lastly, if you don't have the right acoustic treatment in your room and you have a problem with the low end, go in the show notes below, go out to sweetwater.com, talk to one of the sales engineers, check out the Oralex products that they have on their website, get your free room analysis so they can help you and you can get yourself the right bass trapping to make sure that you have the right amount of low end because you can spend years mixing music in a room and it never sounds good outside of your studio. And if you get the room right, you'll realize how much more pleasant your mixing experience and journey will be. So I hope you found these tips helpful. Thank you so much again for listening. Now, as I said earlier at the beginning of the episode, if this podcast is helpful to you in any way, we've done 15 episodes now. I want to call upon all of you that have been listening to this and we've got thousands and thousands of downloads and I really do appreciate it. If you want me to keep going and do another 15 episodes, please give me a five-star review, share this podcast with others on your social media. You can copy the link and put it on your social media pages. We're all on Facebook. We're all on Twitter. Everybody's on Instagram. Please, if you share this, other people are going to find out about the podcast. Hopefully it'll help them as well. And that will tell me that, hey, people really want this podcast. I'm going to continue on, but I only want to continue on if you guys really want the podcast. So if you can help me, that would be fantastic. And the other thing, too, is you can email me at homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Go to the website, hit the contact link, and let me know what kind of other ideas and topics you'd like me to talk about on this podcast. 
Okay, I want to I want to be here to help you. I I come up with these ideas based on the questions and stuff that come in through my different social media pages during the course of the week. But if you have a specific show idea or something you would find really helpful, I would love to try to include it in this podcast. So make sure you do that as well. Okay, so I want to thank you so much again for listening. My name's been Dave with the Home Recording Made Easy podcast. Again, check out all the links in the show notes below. And until next week, everyone have a safe and a great week. And I'll speak to you all soon. Take care, everybody.